doesn't seem like the right place to start. I don't want to start at the end. I don't know if we're ready. But we are at the end. This is the last chapter of Matthew. This is all we get. And here in this country, it seems that maybe we have reached the end, too. The end of our patience. The end of our goodwill. Maybe the end of history. Every day since it started to become clear that the coronavirus was going to radically alter our lives and our society, I have had a meltdown. I get to a point of crippling despair, overwhelming anxiety, and I panic. I cease to be able to push on and do the items on my list to accomplish anything. I get up at 4 or 5 every morning, and at first I would make it till about 11 a.m., and then I was just done. But human beings are resilient, and soon it was 1 p.m., then 3. Then eventually I could function all the way till evening. But still, every day I reach an end to my capacity. I find myself leaning over the kitchen counter, disoriented, trying to figure out what I was doing. I know a lot of you are also at or very near capacity right now. I see the messages on Facebook. I talk with folks. I know a lot of people have really stretched as far as they can stretch. I was in a meeting the other day and someone said, as humanity, we are in a state of death right now. That rang absolutely true to me. As the virus of racism rages, the death culture of white supremacy, as Chris Crass calls it, is taking countless lives both on video and off. It is manifesting itself in police violence. It is manifesting itself in Central Park. It is using the opportunity of the coronavirus to disproportionately impact communities of color. It is impacting our relationships. It is misusing and abusing the Bible and the church. It has infiltrated all of our systems and institutions, and it is exploding in countless ways. And here we are at the end. And here at the end of Matthew's gospel, we get the Great Commission. I don't know about you, but I'm not sure I'm up for this right now. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. We are called to assure each of our siblings that they are a child of God who we greet with love and defend with love. We are called to teach, to share what we have learned about who our neighbor is. 
We are called to teach, to share what we have learned about justice and that it is for the poor and the oppressed. We are called to proclaim that resurrection is real, even now, in the midst of all this death. That that is our faith, even now. And all this with the power of the creator, redeemer, and sustainer, a reminder that relationship is at the heart of divinity. We are made in God's image, made to be in loving community, made to find a way forward with our siblings together, made to reflect the divine in harmonious relationship. Bishop Stephen Charleston wrote just a few days ago, Now is the moment for which a lifetime of faith has prepared you. All of those years of prayer and study, all of the worship services, all of the time devoted to a community of faith, it all comes down to this. This sorrowful moment when life seems chaotic and the anarchy of fear haunts the thin borders of reason. Your faith has prepared you for this. It has given you the tools you need to respond, to proclaim justice while standing for peace. Long ago, the Spirit called you to commit your life to faith. Now you know why. You are a source of strength for those who have lost hope. You are a voice of calm in the midst of chaos. You are a steady light in days of darkness. The time has come to be what you believe. So we have been commissioned as a community and we are going to act. We have been acting, in fact, over years and we are going to continue. As Phil said last week, we must continue to act after the moment of crisis to make sure real change happens. I know many of you have expressed that you are more than ready. What we are going to start with is an opportunity to go deep because we know this work has to be transformational, not surface level. Sacred Ground, an anti-racism resource from the National Church, is a 10-session study and discussion series. All Souls will begin in a few weeks, so stay tuned, get ready. And in the meantime, I'd like to, us to share our resources for action against racism right now in the comments on Facebook. How are you proclaiming Black Lives Matter? What are you studying? Where are you protesting? Go for it. I know you're doing the work. Let's help each other. What are ways we can take responsibility for our stake in white supremacy and challenge it? Share your action items. Got inspiration for conversation with kids? Share it. Got somewhere we should donate? Got a list of black-owned businesses to support? Please share them.
books to read, petitions to sign, actions to participate in, please share them now. Resource lists, put them up there. I can't wait to see what you've shared later, and you don't have to stop now. We will all have to use our discernment about what risks to take, because it will take risk. But I want us to see right now all the options we have in this moment to act. Because we have been called today in this gospel to act. And what are we teaching? What was it that Jesus commanded us anyway? This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. We know the disciples were uncertain. Some doubted, the scripture says. That didn't count for an excuse then, and it doesn't now. We are called to act even in the midst of our doubt and fear and exhaustion. As we face this moment and the things that are ending and the things that must come to an end, and the things that we must act to bring to an end, let's remember that Jesus also said, and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. <laughs>